So the women who are labelled aggressive keep being assertive. Who are labelled bossy keep on leading. Being difficult keep telling the truth. Who is labelled too much keep taking up space. Who is labelled awkward keep asking hard questions. So don't shrink yourself to make people happy. Be yourself and you're beautiful this way. Who wants to be an entrepreneur? This isn't a quiz show. This is reality. A real-life discovery of what it really takes to be an entrepreneur. Welcome to a new season of podcast episodes of personal and business coaching topics and techniques around the three pillars of HEW, health, excellence, and wealth. HEW is introducing guests to the Who Wants to Be an Entrepreneur show based on their own personal experiences. A full real-life account of trials and tribulations of what it takes. So here we are then. I have got Miss Janisha Allura live online with us over from Singapore. So thank you for joining us. And I'm really, really pleased that we could make this happen. Um, so yeah, we're just going to get straight into it. And so Janisha, you are from uh, Singapore, a global influencer, being involved um, in business in many different realms and educating and helping women all around the world, moving business onto an online platform, essentially. You've been involved with many, many different influences and, and household names that we're all aware of, um, such as the likes of um, Kim Kiyosaki, Elena Cardone. So I want to hear more. I'm intrigued and I know our listeners will be intrigued. So please tell me a little bit about your background in, in, in brief to get us to where you are um, today. So we're up to speed with things. So I'm Janisha Alora. I'm the founder of the number one leading female entrepreneur network in Southeast Asia, connecting 200,000 women across the region. Our vision is to help uh, 1 million women, support 1 million women to own and love the F word, being fabulous, having freedom and financial independence. So before this, I was a cafe retail chain owner um, in three countries, Singapore, Malaysia and Indonesia. We had 18 franchisees and licensees and after four years we exited to a public listed company i decided to go from offline to online uh, in 2012 and i was researching a way to go from offline to online because i was trading time for money i work i get paid i work i get paid i don't work i don't get paid so in 2013 i decided to go online i successfully went online making my first hundred thousand dollars in three months and a million dollars in a single year wow okay Fabulous. I want to know then because of the, uh, the the context of this podcast is how do you do that? What does it actually take? Because that all sounds really impressive, right? And there's a lot of people around the globe that are really kind of um, switching on to being wanting to be their own uh, boss, you know, wanting to take control, not trading time for money, like you've just said. So what has it taken from you to actually get to achieve that? I think the first thing you must have passion in the things that you do. If you just do things for money, then I don't think I mean it may work, but it's not the 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 goal that you want. It's just a vehicle, right? So it's a byproduct of the passion that you have. So first you must have a passion. Number two, you must have a system and process to get you there. Find a mentor whom you respect, whom you can listen to, whom you can allow him or her into your life to guide you, to support you in the areas that you that you don't know. Because when you 
have a mentor, all your blind sides are pretty much covered and then you can get to where you are now to where you want to be much, much faster. So passion, then system and process while having a mentor. Mm -hmm. Okay. What has been the most valuable for you out of those three? For me, mentor. Because I couldn't see what I see. First of all, I'm a medical student. I don't have any business background. I graduated as an occupational therapist, helping and working with children with learning difficulties. Number two, I, you know, I was later on, uh, what I won Miss Singapore. I went on to do image consultancy where I work with politicians and CEOs of companies and decision makers. So when, when that happens, um, I, I don't have a really a knowledge of growing and scaling to a million dollar business. I have no idea how I'm going to do that. So if the expertise of a mentor who has been there, done that, has the results that I'm looking for, investing in myself was the best gift ever. A lot of women say, why do we have to pay and pay another woman or pay and pay someone else? Hey, if you take a perspective that this is something that you're passionate about. You want to make it a success while making a positive impact into other people's life. You got to do it, right? You got to make it happen for you. So invest in yourself so that you can go further and have success. And when a woman changes her life, her entire community benefits. I just want to pick up there because it's really, really evident from your voice, from your body language, through everything. You've mentioned passion. That is undeniable in what it is that you're obviously about and everything that kind of is embodied within you. Um, so that's, that's evident that you didn't really necessarily need um, to work on your passion because that sounds as though it's there from a very tender age that, you know, you've nurtured and you've grown. With respect to the mentorship then and the fact that, you know, you needed that um, that business guidance, is that something that everybody needs to learn and understand when it comes to business? Because business acumen and understanding strategy is not easy, is it? People can be passionate, but they're not understand business. So passion is not the of course the biggest piece but it's definitely the ignite of whatever that you want to do or the desire that you wish to accomplish however moving forward you want to scale a business you want to start somewhere you have to have a framework like for us in soul rich woman we use the soul rich woman blueprint where we help women to get started using the magic wand to get started on their business and their ideas they may not necessarily be a business owner so sometimes it's getting started um, by working in multiple ways first your passion two by extracting your knowledge three it could be a mentor who can come in and you know get you some clarity and direction while you work on it you just keep moving because there's no perfect thing that's happening out there all the time I mean it's a myth when people say that a uh, uh, practice makes perfect that's a myth because if you keep practicing all the wrong stuff you won't be able to get your business going therefore mm -hmm. perfect practice uh, makes it perfect yeah excellent okay i've got a question for you here uh janisha and i hope you don't mind me asking it and it is meant respectfully why just women 
Well, for me, this is my legacy. And I've done multiple businesses from running a cafe retail chain to an image consultancy business and having worked as a healthcare professional, I realized that my passion and my legacy lies in helping women. So that's why I chose to focus in women and of course, helping women to go from offline to online. So in Soul Rich Women, we only do one thing and one thing only, which is to help women to get um, uh, get seen online, get leads online and get clients and recognition online. So are you saying then that men don't necessarily need and require the same amount of focus and mentorship and, and groups and, and initiatives such as Soul Rich Women? Are you saying that men don't require that or? It's just our area of focus right? It's just my area of yeah, yeah. something that I wish to do and it's my passion. It's the legacy that I would love to embark on. I'm sure there will be other groups serving the men or helping the men in these areas. But for my passion and interest, this is my direction and my focus. Okay, that's great. Um, I, I, I was intrigued by it. Like, you said, like I said, I hope you don't mind me asking that question. Um, and yeah, you know, people specialize in different areas um and for you obviously then it, it is predominantly women i get asked that question the whole time in terms of you know am am i a champion for women and of course as a woman i champion women and women in business and women to be confident and competent why the hell not but i work as well with a lot of 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 men around the world as well who have different um needs and requirements um, but then at the same time, the same needs and requirements when it comes to working on their confidence, working on their application and working on their business growth. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of I'm not I'm not in a pigeonhole personally um, for that. But, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm intrigued now to hear more about your offline to online and that transition. So we always talk about owning and loving the F word, which is being fabulous, having freedom, financial independence, and above all, family. So what we do here from offline to online, basically, we help them through multiple vehicles, through the Soul Rich Woman Blueprint, where we take them through a process to get them more visible, to get them clients online, to get them um, even recognition because some of them are working in a company right they don't need to uh, talk about business getting leads per se but they are always looking forward could i be headhunted right so we got this lady who is a who is a hr professional uh, left her job she's in transition and then she met the covid virus 19 virus and she wasn't be able to go anywhere and you know she came to us wanting to elevate her brand as a leader. And because of this uh, uh, successful transition or what we call the elevation of a status online, she was able to garner business partners. She was able to get inquiries and even more headhunters calling her for more interviews. Another uh, example would be a 10-year stay-at-home mom. She has been long time helping the family, cooking for the family. After she looked for us, in two months, we get her... Um, can get her business up, which is selling chili. I don't even know what's chili. Chili paste. Selling chili paste, fresh chili paste. And in two months, she's already making a few thousand dollars every single month, recurring every single month. From following the strategies, taking everything onto online. Yeah, but with our Soul Rich Woman Blueprint. Yeah. Is that a blueprint then that, that is applicable for all business ideas and all, um, all kinds of business transactions? 
Yes, it's applicable to all businesses. So we now have women who are stay-at-home moms, we have women who are employees, women who have businesses as well. Back to um, back to learning a little bit more about um, you and your story, uh, Janisha, in terms of how important and imperative has, has your story been to ensure that you are delivering um, with the best uh, variables that you can deliver on to you and obviously your uh, obligation that you've got for all of your clients? Well, the moment you stop learning, you will actually start dying. So never stop learning. I think it's one of the things. Of course, through my experiences, we put together the blueprint. Um, I think one of our very successful business model is a subscription business model. Uh, we talk about you know, growing a value ladder and then our membership uh, is only $12 a month for two videos every single month with one office hour. And that get a lot of women started because, you know, you women are overwhelmed with constantly information. Imagine a guy and a girl on a starting line in a, on a racetrack, okay? A guy, in front of this guy, they will just have their briefcase and some of their work stuff and maybe their boss or maybe their wife, right? But for a woman, she has like the kids, the laundry, the washing machine, the household chores and like every single thing that's possible in front of them. So we want women to really get started easily and uh, that's why we do the subscription model and then as long as they want to upgrade, they want to, you know, invest in themselves, that's when they go to the next level where they attend a two-day workshop either offline in person or online, the webinars um, and live streaming classes that we have so that these women from any part of the world, they can attend and then moving upwards, they go to the group coaching or the one-to-one -one mentorship and then they move on to the mastermind and then they move on to uh, what we call the inner circle. So that's how we progress the women um, when, wherever they feel that they're ready to invest in themselves to grow their level of expertise. Okay, great. But go, going, that's, that, that's fantastic. And, you know, it, it sounds like a really, really conducive um, model where you take people through. But back to the question of like, how valuable is your story for relatability for people, for women that you're working with? Um, you, you mentioned there about the stereotypical element of the laundry and the washing and the groceries and the responsibilities stereotypically that women have. Is that something then that, that you were finding yourself in that position? with all of that added extra that we have as women, but you had to overcome those ob obligations and obstacles to ensure that you could pursue forward in your business career. I think there are different parts in your question. I think the storytelling part is something that we, you know, bring in the relatability and vulnerability to make the connection with our clients. But after that is how do we add value add to their lives? Because when you, after the storytelling is all about taking all these obstacles off the race, right? Like say the laundry, the children and things like that. So we really want to help them to, you know, realize that they need to love themselves. So after working with thousands and thousands of clients and of course women um, through the sessions, I realized that in the community, many women really have these obstacles. It's very real, right? I think that's applicable for women anywhere in the world. Uh, but because we are in Southeast Asia and, you know, we are all rising up, I think at this moment in time, we're looking at them and saying, okay, how can we uh, even bridge just that, you know, learning accessibility with the income gap? Like in Vietnam, women are earning only 300 
adding 250 to 300 US a month. In Philippines, we've been earning 350 US a month. And, you know, how can we really give them a tool and a way and a network and a community that is strong in Southeast Asia to at least get them started because it's relatable, there is connection, there is closeness within the communities and countries and that really fosters that sisterhood within that community itself. So from that story transitioning back to the structure of the business, it first brings them in but after that, how do we help them to really move up to the next level because it's all about getting out of your comfort zone, knowing that there's somebody there for them and knowing that, you know, there's like cheerleaders and support all the way because alone we are strong, together we are unstoppable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's interesting there where you say about, you know, the, the income levels in, in Vietnam and the, the Philippines and what have you. I mean, everybody, in my opinion, globally, man or woman, you know, should have the opportunity to to enhance themselves, improve themselves through that choice because it is a it is a personal choice. Opportunities are out there for absolutely everyone, and the more accessible that we can make that, the better for every individual in the world, but better collectively as a global force. So yeah, you know, all credit to that. I just want to pick up there on on kind of um, distribution of of uh, requirements and culture, because particularly in the UK, women women entrepreneurs, you know, are, are, are really taking a foothold. We've really got a, a strong voice now, a strong profile. Um, yes, I, I do believe there would be elements of um, inequalities over um, fees and respectability over earning um, ceilings and things like that. I'm sure that is still very, very apparent. Is there a specific cultural difference when it does come to opportunities for women, would you say? There is, definitely there is. When we first went to Vietnam to open the markets there, we fell flat on our faces. Uh, because when we were in Hanoi, Vietnam, for example, we went there, we had a partner who organized a like 500 packs uh, women talk. And, you know, when we talk about, you know, oh, who wants to be an entrepreneur? You know, you got to like stand up for yourself and have a voice, you know. And then when you say you raise your head, He's like, to the sound of the crickets, you know. And then uh, uh, we had this, uh, so a couple of them in the crowd were uh, like, they studied abroad. They are Vietnamese. They came back to Vietnam to sub- give the other women a support. So I still remember very clearly, one of them stood up and spoke with me in English. And then she said, do you mean this, this, this? And culturally, she said, here in Hanoi, women here are stigmatized to do business. If you are doing business or you are an entrepreneur, we means we are not filial to our family. You know, we are expected to have jobs and get married and have kids and, you know, take care of the kids. And we're not expected to be an entrepreneur. So by having, but having said that, she turned around and faced the audience and said, why don't I help you to translate in Vietnamese and, and share with them from her perspective. So she, she shared with the audience and it was after her sharing that all the women stood up in unison. It's like at that moment, all of them wanted to change their lives. It was not because of entrepreneurship. So the messaging in Hanoi, Vietnam, that when we were growing the community over there, we had to talk a lot about self-confidence and branding, personal branding. We talk a lot about how do you overcome 
that with a side hustle is instead of full-time entrepreneurship, you know, like side hustle, you know, two to four hours to supplement your income, not so much of like, okay, you're going to scale this a million dollars, you know, that kind yeah. of messaging. So, you know, it's more of understanding culturally where they're at and how can we bridge that? So is it, is it then predominantly the lack of voice that stops women in other countries, um, particularly from from like the the cultural aspects, what you're saying is it that lack of voice, the first obstacle that needs to overcome. I don't think it's just the lack of voice. In fact, there's a lot of female entrepreneurs, like small business owners. They're, they're just like hawkers and they're selling things in shops and things like that. But it's more so of like the expectations of women's um, role in the society. Like they're expected to be a wife, you know, to be a mother, expected to be in a job not an entrepreneur. So I think and I believe in the three, next to three to five years, this will change. This will definitely shift in the culture because we have been doing Soul Rich Women since 2015. And in the last five years, we have seen tremendous growth in all the different countries that we are in. We are in Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, Vietnam, Thailand, Myanmar, Cambodia, Philippines. So we have seen tremendous growth. So I really am very glad that this whole global movement of women empowerment is rising and that really adds on to the education of why women must stand up and you see I'm also balancing in very thin on the very fine line which means like I don't talk about you know just okay you must have your financial independence and you don't care about your husband and family notice in our f word is all about um, you know fabulous freedom financial independence and family because a lot of the women in so rich women after they are, they are making some money like the stay-at-home mom 10 years stay-at-home mom making a few thousand dollars a month the husband gets worried you know it's like what is my wife doing and we had the husband come to our office at the headquarters to meet the rest of the women the husband meeting husbands and all these things so when you ask how do we support the men in so rich women we support the husband's in a way that they let them feel safe that their the women, their wives are in safe hands. I think I, you know, I, I really respect and admire that. And I wanted to ask you because the emphasis obviously is on um, women going for something that they never thought was possible or, you know, from a collective element as well, which is important, as you've said, um, on your own, you're strong, together you're even stronger and unstoppable. But in terms of then women wanting it all, because I get asked this question all the time. It's as though like you're being too over ambitious that you want the success in business. You want the success and the happiness and uh, self-fulfillment. You want the family. You want everything. Is it almost as though we are, as women, being um, too ambitious? Or are you of the opinion that women can have it all? To the women who are labelled aggressive, keep being assertive. Who are labelled bossy, keep on leading. Being difficult, keep telling the truth. Who is labelled too much, keep taking up space. Who is labelled awkward, keep asking hard questions. So don't shrink yourself to make people happy. Be yourself and you're beautiful this way. So this is, this is my Facebook post this morning. I'm saying how yeah. women are labelled being bossy and, you know, it's all about leadership. We have something to say. Keep being assertive. And even though your labor is aggressive, so what? You know, so no matter what the circumstances that's happening at this moment, keep pushing through and find women 
like-minded women to walk with you really yeah so I've, I, I, I've, I really, really like that. What you've just, um, what you just read out there from your post. I've, I have seen a couple of those on, uh, on social media of, of that. Yeah. Who, who thinks you're bossy? Keep being assertive. There's, there's a complete contrast between the two. Um, and obviously it comes down to perception, doesn't it? But then at the same time, should other people's opinions stop us from achieving? And if we want it all as women, as business owners, as family, um, orientated females, then absolutely we should freaking go for it and not be afraid to hold back definitely for sure because empower women empower others so we need to keep our glass cup full and overflowing so that we can continue to give to others yeah I just wanted to ask you then uh, as well Janisha about your um, about your understanding and perception on the on the UK market for um, women entrepreneurs um, obviously uh, your people contacted my people to get this uh, to get this all arranged um, for the podcast, and there must have been something there that was of intrigue and of interest to you, following the work of myself and and the HEW brand. So, what what's your understanding and, and, and perception over how we do things over here? I think it's great that you are supporting people. I think this is something that we want to share and keep our, get our message across. And by being on your podcast really helps us to reach out to the audience that we also would like to reach out to and give them a message and encouragement that they are not alone. And in terms of, in terms of then um, the women's specific focus for the UK market, what have you got to say? What have you got to say there? Because as I say, you know, we, we are quite a strong, formidable force in the UK. Um, and the, the stereotypes are loosening. They're not, I wouldn't say they are, they're the same because we are standing up and, and being counted, sort of speak. And, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of powerful women that are uh, representing around the world and in the UK as well. Yes, do I think and feel that there should be more? Absolutely, I do because I, you know, I'm all for it. I think, I think empowerment in anybody who wants to take control, who wants to take the opportunity with both hands for whatever they're doing, for them to represent themselves and to represent their own values and offer value around the world, then I will be there guiding and supporting and helping helping people as well. So, um, yeah, what what is your message to the UK women particularly? Find an area of focus. In the umbrella of women empowerment, it's very broad spectrum. There's many women and types of women that we are born and God has given us gifts and talents to help and support. So find an area of focus so that you can really serve with your gifts and talents. Truly, and not just about, it's never just about the money. Of course, by end goal, it can be the money, but you really, really serve the area of your need and of your talents and give things. In terms of with that focus, I just want to, I just want to mention about uh, mindset and mindset and skill set, because obviously taking, taking a business, understanding business first and foremost, where you've said about, you know, learning the business acumen and, and, and the strategy that you need, learning all of that becomes um, a skill set managed with your emotional intelligence around your mindset. What for you would you say is the most imperative to master between that your mindset or your skill set? Wow, I think the first thing is to be 
clear on the direction you want to go. I think there are a couple of steps. So let me take you through. I think the first thing is, of course, get clear of a direction or where you want to go. Uh, two, you must know your why. So the direction and then the why you want to do what you want to do. Then we go for the how, right? Exactly how to, to get the things done. So so that that in itself uh, would bring in the skill set. For me, after working with you know a community of women, I realized that even if you give women all the skill sets possible, you don't clear their mindset. They cannot move the ship at all. <laughs> their ship will remain stuck at the bay, at the port, and they will not be able to even steer or even move. Right. So um, that's my experience. You know. So therefore, having ability to help them to clear a mind block and then get them to take one action, clear a mind block and take one action really, really works wonders. It's got to be a combination of both. I'm glad you've said that. And that's obviously the findings that you're working with, you know, the, the women that you're working with. It has to be uh, a combination of both. One doesn't serve the other um, and they're not mutually exclusive. And that's becoming more and more apparent for people. And as well, um, it is an ongoing cycle, isn't it? It's not just a case of, okay, well, I've achieved that skill and just tick that box or I've achieved and overcome that mind block um, and strengthen my mindset. So I'll tick that box. It's an ongoing development process, isn't it? Do you find the same? Yes, definitely. We are really ongoing helping them. So I've got this lady, she's a confidence coach, helping women to look into their um, image and their confidence. Okay. So she was injured last year. She had like her teeth broke, her tooth broke, the husband uh, broke a shoulder and then she you know after she went to Germany she injured her leg and after she came back to Singapore she injured her back and then it was Chinese New Year festive for the entire month and now it's like one quarter has almost passed and she has not really done much yet so she was on the call with me and just she felt very distressed she has like 100 to-do list and she know that because of the condition that she's in, she won't be able to complete all. But her inner, internal desire is to do everything possible. So I had to work on her mindset first to prep her to say that, you know what, if you could do one thing at a single time, imagine 365 days or even 30 days down the road, you could complete 30% of the work that you intended to do rather than fighting the monsters of the 300 things that you wanted to do and only accomplishing that 1% of the to-do list. And that's where it really, really benefits you having the right coach, the right mentor, the right person that is going to guide you through because it can be so overwhelming. And, you know, there are obviously always going to be challenges like your client that you're describing there. And sometimes it just feels as though it's relentless in the challenges that are coming your way and everything is set against you to stop you from succeeding forward. But if you've got the right support mechanism around you, the right people around you, the right network, it just puts things into perspective. Other people can look from the outside in and like you said, give you those little pointers on a daily basis that keeps you on track and keeps you accountable. And that is, you know, that is the, the absolute pieces of gold for me that really take people forward on a day-to-day -day basis. Definitely, for sure. Good stuff. Okay, I want to just ask about the surprises that you've had in business through growing all of your business now, all of your experience, all of your knowledge, you've been around the world, you've, you've dealt with so many individuals. What has been the biggest surprise for you? 
You think that working with friends are the best way to start a business? Well, it's never the case. So I had a case of failed partnership a couple of years ago and that left me with a six-figure debt. Now, the reason was because I thought that by, you know, because I didn't have a mentor back then, I thought, okay, you know, good friends. We wanted to start in uh, a business together. I invested in the business and, you know, in the end, th the terms were not written out in the contract properly. And because of this whole thing, the whole thing fell out after about a year and I lost uh, quite a lot of money in that. So, however, you know, I gave myself a second chance in terms of doing business partnerships. And after I succeeded to go from offline to online, I invested in a cafe retail chain with other partners. And this time round, they, because they are very experienced business owners, they taught me contracts, you know, in an agreement, what, who plays what role. And I was in charge of PR and marketing for the cafe retail chain. So I was also in charge of the Indonesia market. And that really, really taught me so much things by this second chance that I gave myself and because of that you know after four years when we exited to a public listed company owner I'm like wow you know this 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 failure does not mean I failed my entire life it just means there's a lesson learned to get my mess into a message because before we are all masters we're all masters of disasters I love that mess into a message I've not heard that one before and that is that is absolute beauty to sum things up because I I'm fully with you uh, I've not I've not had failed business an obstacle in business through friendship or anything like that I've had a lot of expensive challenges and lot of, and lost a lot of money along the way but it kind of if you've got the right attitude and the right um relationship with money and the investment and things like that and the tenacity and the grit to keep continuing you know you have to look at it from a perspective of what that learning is so mess into a message that's fantastic and I'm, I'm i'm really pleased that you actually did turn that around but it's a valuable it's a valuable lesson particularly for people that are you know getting really excited about having a chat with a friend and seeing how they can combine ideas and passion together and you just think it's like the given sort of scenario and that it's this magical formula that you can create yeah. and it, it, yeah it's uh, it's a it's a there's a lot more to it than that obviously that uh, you know you've been you've had your fingers burnt should we say yeah, I'm saying that if you were to do a business with your friend, at least write down an agreement, you know, who put how much money and what's the percentage of equity and, you know, who's who's playing what role. I think the three lessons I would like to share in terms of my message um, here is first, really be clear who you're working with and what roles do you position yourself in the business. Number two, really have a black and white, at least it really protect your ass. <laughs> and when your ass kept catch fire you know you know what to do where to put out the fire okay number three is really to look into you know daily day to day how how where where the money is coming in from and and you know where where would the money be channeled into like is it a bank account and things like i mean to be very honest it's like people will think oh you know friends we shouldn't talk about money you know we're such good friends the money hurts relationship that's bullshit because if you don't talk about this upfront, your values and her values or his values between your money system and your money thoughts are quite different, then better don't work together, you know. Right at the first instant, if you don't even discuss about that, hey, <laughs> don't even think about going into a partnership. That's the ironic thing about money and discussing money and wealth and income and, and investment. Because 
nine times out of ten, and I know you said um, at the beginning of the of the podcast interview here that predominantly people want to make money, but it's not always about the money. Nine times out of ten, people do want to increase their income, and there is nothing wrong with that. We shouldn't be ashamed of that goal. Doesn't mean to say that your prime aim and focus is just money, 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 and you're shallow as hell and egotistical and materialistic and everything else. But money is like a formidable um, component to business. And I just find it so ironic how many people want to make money, but then don't want to talk about it. They're like, oh, I can't, I can't discuss that. Or, um, oh, like I'm afraid to ask for that money as a transaction for my value or my product or my service. And it's like, well, if you don't have that, that positive relationship with money and you don't have um, the value and the belief in who you are and what you're offering and what fee is attached to that, it will never happen, will it? We can't Definitely. manifest something on a positive light when we've got a, a mindset of a negative experience. Yeah, it's all about the relationship with money. I mean, if you if you don't think that you can have it, you won't have it, right? So that's why it's important that you clear and build a relationship with money. You have to look back at your past relationship with your parents as well, your mother and your father, and you know what has transpired and make you think that money is dirty or money is not good. Money is um, for rich people. You know, uh, money means many many things. So there's many interpretations about money, and I find that the three biggest horror movies that I see in terms of money here in the community is that you know they are they don't have worth they don't deserve the money you know they just want to do charity and help women and help people but don't want to get paid nothing wrong doing charity I mean you can do it extra I mean if your life is like my mom you know she's very pampered by me and her whole life is all about doing volunteer work great but if you want to build a business then do a business. If not, then do a hobby. Yeah. Then you will feel better about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to mention any names here, but a recent client of mine was very, very similar. She didn't. She didn't want to um, build the income as such because it was frowned upon um, for you know wanting to aspire to earn money. But her main goal is to help other people through a charitable aspect. And I said, okay, then still take that goal that you're telling me that you're so passionate about. Let's make the money so that we can put into the charity. Because exactly. Charities, charitable work needs money and investment. There is yeah. nothing that people just think that if you're in business and that you want to make money, that it's all about buying a Bentley and putting yourselves in head to toe in Gucci. And it's not. Yeah, exactly. So I love exactly what you said. It's like really focusing, you know, on sustainability in a business. And I find that there's a tendency and judgment against women whom charge for their services. So it's like, okay, you're a woman, you're helping women. So why is it not free? Then the question will be, you're paying this, this other speaker, you know, five figures to attend his course or this other trainer to attend his retreat. But no, why not pay another woman to give you the support? Why do you expect free from another woman? So I find that the, the concepts about all this women helping women notion, you know, gets blown off the top sometimes by other women saying that if you're helping me, it should be free. But I'm like, it doesn't make sense, right? So what is that relationship that you have with money? That sustainable business is a crime? 
it's never a crime because we can also contribute back to the society in our own ways, not necessarily in your limits of neg- uh, limiting beliefs, right? Our success and our dreams are never kept by someone else's uh, beliefs. So that's what I want to say. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. In terms of that, what you've just said about um, uh, other people paying for women's services or um, wanting it for free or anything like that. Quick question. The, the women, obviously, that you're growing and that you're put, putting into the, the, the network of sustainable business and growth, predominantly, are there, are there business transactions from other women or do they have business um, transactions with men as well? Oh, both. They have um, transactions with men and women. And some of them just women, some of them both. So it really depends on their nature of business. Like I said, our main and primary goal is help them to get clients, get recognition and get elevate their status online so that you know people come to them without them chasing after the clients or potential clients. So I think that's the key thing. So I, after that, they can do deal with men and women or, or women themselves or men and it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's good. I, I I was obviously just intrigued again if it was just a women network that was predominantly women uh, transactional basis. But if it's a if it's growing and empowering the female uh, network that then is available for business wherever and with whoever, then kudos to you. Just to wrap it up, I want to ask you um, a, a question that is just around kind of starting out. If you were starting out today. And I know you've just mentioned about obviously your um, starting out off in business with a friend. So that aside, what would you do differently if you were starting off Soul Rich Women today? I would have started earlier to have a mentor and then to have it later. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the defining moment for me crossing my first million dollars was that I had a mentor. So I would, yes, definitely had a mentor earlier and not think that it's expensive to invest in a mentor you know it's so expensive you know I, I if I had corrected that mindset earlier but like I say hey you know if I hadn't gone through of course my own mess I will not be able to carry that uh, piece of the message with me to turn it around you know after I had a mentor so yeah Fabulous. It is a case of um, we all have to have that understanding how uh, valuable other people can be and, and a necessity in our toolkit. And it, it, that makes a difference, doesn't it, from, from just having that good intention to actually having that, that fruitful success. For sure. Excellent. Thank you so much. I'm going to draw that to a close now. Um, there's there's lots and lots of um, valuable nuggets in there and insight on, into how you operate as well, how you help women and, and how you how you drive that message home for, for people around the world. So thank you for sharing that with us. Um, I'm sure it will be um, really well received here in the UK and globally as well for, for where the podcast is, is, is obviously distributed. Yes, and before I go, I have a parting gift for your audience. And it's a a downloadable, which is uh, how do you delegate 80% of your to-do list to your assistant so that you can make money and function in your zone of genius. And it's available at soulrichwoman.com, S-O-U-L-R-I-C-H-W-O-M-A-N.com. My name is Janisha Laura, and I appreciate you. Please connect with me.
Thank you so much. What a wonderful gift. That's really, really kind of you. And I'm sure people will start downloading that and taking a look at it because having help and developing your network, not just from a mentor perspective, but having that um, help and assistance from a, a, an outsourcing perspective really can help the business fly. So I'm, I'm well, well supportive of outsourcing whatever you can so that you can focus on what you're good at and what you need to do to elevate your business. So over and yeah. out from me, Janisha, you have been amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the HEW podcast. For continued support, please subscribe using iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or SoundCloud. And if you've enjoyed the episode, please leave a five-star review on your download platform. Tune in for more value and more content the same time next week.